Planescape Torment, the unofficial audio series. A narrative let's play adapted and produced by Revoke GM. Combining in-game audio with additional voice acting through dialogue and descriptions to improve your listening experience. Rediscover the amazing story of the 1999 cult classic isometric video game, Planescape Torment, like you've never heard before. While browsing the market, searching for Giskol, the washcloth, a clear, youthful voice rings out above the crowd. Plates, jugs, cups, tankards, drink from the goblets of the finest lords. A young woman is smiling and beckoning in all passers-by as she calls out the virtues of her goods. Upon seeing you, she waves you over as if you were a treasured guest. What are you selling here? <laughs> I sell plates, cups, jugs, tankards, cutlery and the like. All the quality, sir. The finest. She steps back and lifts the lid of the crate on the wagon behind her. Please, look over my goods. My, my name is Marilyn. Should you have any questions, feel free to ask. You step close and peer into the crate. The goods all look to be of varying degrees of quality, but some of it appears quite nice. As you're looking them over, she presses up against you. <clears throat> See anything you like, sir? Hmm? Where does this all come from? She flashes a wicked grin. My lovers are all burglars, sir. These goods are pilfered from the homes of Sigil's nobles. Upon seeing your expression, she laughs sweetly. <laughs> a jest, sir, merely. My, my fathers are both tinkers. These are wares which are discarded from the nobles' manners and made good by them once more. I see. I'm actually not looking for oh, anything. sir, but wait. Are, are you sure there's nothing you need? She puts her hand on your forearm. A touch is as light as a feather. Surely something for your own home? Or a gift? Well, that is a nice plate right there. Oh, what, sir? This one? Here? No, uh, th that... W w wait, th this this is ridiculous. I, I need no plates. I'm looking for Giscol. She looks sad, and slowly she lowers the lid of the crate. Sorry, sir. I, I don't mean to push. I, I must sell what I can before the day is done. For my family is large and hungry... <laughs> I know Giscol. You'll, you'll find him a few stalls down. You won't miss him. He's colorful, to say the least. Thank you. Uh, farewell. Plates, jugs, cups, tanks. True enough, a few stalls over, you see a spindly-looking merchant with a brush of gray and red stubble across his chin. He wears several layers of brightly colored robes, so much so that he looks like a flag with arms and legs. He is shaking slightly as you watch. Are you Giscol? I, Giscol. He bows and spreads his trembling hands. As he does, you notice his hands and forearms are a twisted mass of black scar tissue, as if they were once badly burned. Uh, how did you hurt your hands? Giskol doesn't seem to have heard you. He answers only with his spiel. Giskol, buy cloth, sell cloth, wash cloth, mend cloth, and... He gestures at his layers of clothing with his shaking hands. Wear cloth. I asked... How did you hurt your hands? Giscol's voice breaks. Giscol, buy cloth, sell cloth, wash cloth, mend cloth. He gestures at himself again, but his hands are shaking so badly that he cannot even finish. And... Uh, never mind. Look, look. I'm, I'm here to pick up someone's wash. Mebeth, the midwife. 
rag picker's square? Giscol blinks. Washcloth? Uh, yes. Mebeth. Uh, rag picker's square. Uh, rag picker? He taps his fingers as if counting. I know. I remember. He holds up a trembling finger, as if telling you to wait. Then moments later comes back with a flattened mass of green rags, thin as paper, yet so stiff they look like they could double as wooden boards. The rags are so caked with a greenish lime starch that they look like it would take years of soaking to relax them. Uh, how many times did you clean these? Giscor washcloth, starch cloth, every fifth day. Washcloth, starch cloth, every fifth day. His eyes flicker. Giscor wash many years. Always starch cloth on fifth day. Giscor's ritual. But the ruined. Washcloth is Giscor's ritual. Must starch cloth every fifth day. He speaks as if reciting an incantation. What's the point of doing it every five days when they don't need... Uh, never mind, just just hand them over. He nods and hands you the rags. Give cloth. They're heavy. It's like carrying an armload of bricks. I'll take them back to Mebeth now. Take care, Giscol. You leave the man to his rituals and once again head back towards Ragpicker's Square. Hey, Chief, you sure this is all legit? We're running around like errand boys here. I know. I want to see this through, but there's not much more I can take of this fetching. To know the art requires more than a little patience. This is all you were tasked with to begin your instruction. Then you have been blessed by a generous tutor. All right, Dakon. I, I get it. Back in Ragpicker's Square, Mebeth is outside her hut, sweeping the slatted path at the doorway. She's humming gently to herself. You've returned, child. I brought you wash. I think Giscol was a little heavy on the cleaning ritual, though. She takes the stacks of starched green rags from you, and she examines them. At least they won't tear. Or bend. What was with that cloth merchant? His hands were all scarred, and he seemed troubled. <clears throat> Mebeth is still turning the cloth over in her hands, tapping it with a finger. Well, child... Sometimes one burns with the art, and other times the art just burns you. Is that what happened to him? Mayhap. There's some for who using the art is like breathing. They strolls about with pointy hats and stinkweed pipes. Then there's edge wizards and plane touch travellers and fortune casters and half-seers and midwives who flicker with the art. Them have a harder time of it. And Giscol was one of them? Aye. So to speak. In some ways, he's no different now than he was. Addicted to habit and ritual, he was. She enters a hut and sets down the stiff rags. They clunk as she places them on the floor. I <sighs> now. There's one last thing I need from you, child. <sighs> this better not involve me going back to the market, Mebeth. Oh, and if it does, child? Mebeth draws herself up and she glares at you. Even at full height, her head barely meets your sternum. Never mind. What do you need? Only this. I need some inks for scribing some ingredients in one of my cookery books. I'll need you to fetch some from one of the merchants. Kosajai be her name. All right, then. I'm off. Farewell. Fresh fish! Back at the marketplace, it's not hard to find the fishmonger. Fresh fish eggs! This toothless old crone reeks of fish and brine. Spying your approach, she gives you a wide, pink smile. Fish, my child? 
fish heads, may I? Child? <laughs> Hardly. Oh, yes, yes. But a child you are to my years. <laughs> yes. I believe you're mistaken. Take a closer look. She shuffles up to you. The fish stink is nearly overpowering. The old woman squints at your face first, frowning, and then into your eyes. Only then does she recoil in surprise. Oh, my. How many years have those eyes seen? I do not know. How many do you think? Don't know. Don't know. Too many, I'd say, but no matter. She leans close to whisper in your ear. It won't do to rattle the passers-by. Let's keep it our little secret. So, fish, my child! <laughs> she pokes you in the belly. What are you offering exactly? Why, fish, my silly child. Fish of all sorts. And fish heads for those two short of jink for the whole ones. Teeny, tiny fish heads. <laughs> Where do the fish come from? They're brought to Sigil from all over the plains, my boy. Would you like some? I sell only the heads, should you be short on jink. Mebeth said you sell ink. She sent me to purchase some. Ink? <laughs> Nay, sir, I sells no ink. I just sells fish. Are, are you sure? Uh, Mebeth, the midwife in Ragpicker's Square, mentioned you specifically. <laughs> well, Cossajai was me dam's name and me grandmum's name, so it could be any of us. But they're both in the dead book, so only this Cossajai matters. No idea what she's on about. A midwife in the Picker Square, you say? She thinks for a moment. No, don't know her, I don't. S so, you don't have any ink? Well, I can't say that's much of a surprise. I swear, Mebeth is having me run round in circles. Now, hold on. Your midwife friend's not all wrong. I know how to get the ink. But it may not be the ink you're looking for. The ink I'm thinking of bleeds from the gilts of the Brogota Finn, it does. She frowns. Aye. Thing is, that fish is not for eating. It's got a horrible taste, scalds the tongue. You can ask Miriam. She pitches her fish cell down the street away. She points downwards towards a street bending off to the corner. She might have one of them fish you needs on her pole. I'll go seek her out then. Farewell. Fishies! You head through the market and down the street towards a quieter alley just off the main square. The stalls here are far less elaborate with a makeshift feel. You see an elderly woman standing silently by the wall, staring off into the distance. She seems to be unconcerned with the flow of traffic around her and clutches a wooden pole from which dozens of small fish are dangling. Greetings. Oh, love, sir. She squints at you for a moment, trying to discern your identity. Oh my, here I was thinking you were one of me regular customers. She proffers a fish pole. Tuna, sir. Mackerel. Sea cucumber? No fish, thanks. I had some questions. Hmm. Her mouth presses down into a tight-lipped frown, and she stares off over your shoulder. You look behind you to see what she's staring at, and can see nothing of interest. As you turn back to her, you catch her looking at you. She quickly looks away, resuming her staring off into the distance once more. Uh, have you heard of a Brigoda fin? I was told it bleeds ink from its gills. She blinks, then nods. Aye, that fish. That fish is a strange one. It is. Not many have heard of it unless want to eat it. 
Difficult to kill and even in death, it still seems to live. Not many want to latch their teeth around something that still writhes. Do you have one? Aye. But the ink, you need something to carry it in. Have you a bowl or a cup, perchance? Hmm. Or a tankard. Maybe one of the merchants is selling one. Wait one moment, I'll be right back. Eat from the place settings of noblemen. Brass plates, tin cups, pewter tankards. Oh, hello again, sir. You change your mind about that plate? Uh, maybe. I, I, I need something to hold ink in. Do you have a tankard or a goblet for sale? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, many kinds. They, they range in price from a few coppers to several hundred. Actually, I'm, I'm looking for the cheapest one you have. She raises an eyebrow, then reaches into a crate at her side and throws a battered-looking tankard to you. It is covered in dents, and its handle looks like it is about to fall off. Uh, this one looks like it was used on someone's skull. She smiles slightly. It'll do fine. You reach into your coin pouch and rummage for some coppers. Uh, no. Just, just, you just take it. You look pretty desperate. Uh, thanks. And, and farewell. You hurry back down the alley towards Miram once again. We meet again, sir. I brought a tankard. Can I get the ink from the fish in this? She nods and plucks a fish from a pole. It twitches as she grabs it and starts lashing about as she begins to twist it like a rag. She wrings it until a bluish-black ichor begins to trickle from the fish's gills. When your tankard is almost full, she relaxes her grip and throws the twitching fish into a sack at her side. Thank you. As you turn to leave, you hear a sigh of relief from Miram behind you. You turn back to confront her. Oh, you have returned. Yes, I had some more questions. Hmm? Her mouth presses down into the same tight-lipped frown, and again she stares off over your shoulder. Uh, can you tell me about this area? She shakes her head. Mouth closed tightly and continues to look over your shoulder. Each time you try to catch a glance of what she might be looking at, you turn back to find her staring at you for the briefest of moments. But what? Do I look familiar to you? Goodness, no. She pauses for a moment. I, you do. Have you seen me before then? I, I think you are a man with your very likeness, sir. Twas so long ago. Tell me. Well, sir, you see... My sight's not so good now. Twasn't back then, neither. But I thought I saw you walking past with a small group trailing along behind you. What did these people look like? It's hard to say, sir. Twas so long ago. And you walked by so quick-like. But I remember now the way you held your head up. There was a woman following you, trying to stop you, to get you to turn around, speak to her. But you pushed her away. What happened then? Beautiful woman she was. Looked so sad, so angry all at once. She stood there for a moment, then followed along behind you just the same, hustling to catch up. You had said there was a group. Who else was there? There... there was at least two other gentlemen with you, sir. The only one I remember too clearly, though, was tall, thin reeked of pub he did. I smelled him from across the way. Looked like he hadn't bathed in ages, too. He followed you close, he did, and, and never said a word. Acted like the woman wasn't even there, even when she bumped against him, trying to stop you. That's all I remember, sir. 
You are silent for a moment. Then you reach into your coin pouch and pull out a single silver piece. You're almost entirely out of commons. And hand it to Miram without a word. Oh my! Uh, why, why, thank you, sir, most kindly. May the lady's shadow pass you over. Thanks. Farewell. Thank you for listening to Planescape Torment, the unofficial audio series, a Revoker GM production. To support the show and those involved, please consider subscribing to our Patreon or donating via our Ko-fi page. Links to both are in the description.